Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show. We are your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of a multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, addictive doing, people pleasing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick. So get ready to heal your body, get your spark back, deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams. Let's Let's dive dive in. Hi friend, welcome to the potty. So excited to be sharing this conversation with you before we dive into the episode, just another announcement. If you're a regular listener, you'll know I've been spouting on about my new book, Ending Body Burnout, for the past month. It's so exciting. It's like giving birth to a baby (laughs) and it is so close to being released. So if you've had on your to-do list to purchase a or pre-order a copy of the book. You have about a week left to do that to then secure your free bonuses. So when you pre-order the book, before it's physically released, you'll receive almost $300 worth of free bonuses, including our body burnout and perfectionism short course, our gut movement masterclass and my our communicating with symptoms intimate workshop, which will be a live workshop that Chris and I will run with all the people who have pre-ordered the book, um, dates for that to be announced. So yep, have a look at the show notes, click the link and pre-order your book. And I'm so excited for everyone to be reading it so soon. And I'm just so incredibly grateful for the beautiful support that I have received with this book. We have had a lot of pre-orders coming through. So I know I'm going to be a busy bee um, wrapping up and posting all those books really soon. Okay. So about today's episode we have the wonderful Sammy Yeager on our podcast today. Sammy is a powerhouse woman. She wears so many hats and she is super passionate about living a fueled up life. So I know you're going to really love this conversation. I came away from it feeling very motivated to fill up some tanks that have been a little bit low personally for me. And we'll talk about those tanks soon on the podcast. Um, I've known Sammy for a couple of years now. Um, we actually connected, yeah, probably about two years almost. And Chris and I went on her date forever podcast. I'll put the link to the show notes. If you want to listen to that potty episode where Chris and I shared all the juicy details about, um, how we make our relationship work, both in business, in family, and also, past experiences where our relationship was on the rocks. Um, And today we're lucky enough to have the tables turned and we interview Sammy on our podcast. So Sammy is an entrepreneur, co-founder, integrator, coach, speaker, author in the making and co-host of the Date Forever podcast. After Sammy's life hit a crossroad, she hit the wall 
picked herself up again and began leaning into creating and living her own fueled up life, this time by design. Sammy is deeply passionate about how our relationships impact the quality of our lives and she is an advocate for the UN global goals and knows that we all have a role to play in creating a better world. So without any further interruptions. Let's jump right in and uh, enjoy this conversation we had with Sammy. All right. So let's dive in. Sammy, thanks so much for, for coming to join us. We are excited to, to have you on our podcast. Um, I think Maybe diving into a personal story first, you said in your bio, you hit a crossroad, a brick wall. What happened there? When when did you experience body burnout and what was happening in your life at the time, business, personal, all that sort of stuff? All the things. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. The two of you have been on our show, Date Forever, um, and I love chatting with you and hearing a bit about your story. So I'm very grateful to, to have the shoe on the other foot and come and join you on your show. So thank you. Um, but yeah, I did. I hit a crossroad and I hit it pretty hard. Um, it was in the beginning of 2019. Um I resigned from my first really big job um, as general manager at a training and education company. And I had grown through a massive trajectory of personal and professional growth over three years. I reckon I crammed about a decade's worth of growth into those three years or three and a bit years. And um, although I hit the wall in January, I really didn't deal with it until about September. Um, and I sort of fumbled my way through that year. Um, and then um, my beautiful husband, Nathan, and I had spent some time in Europe uh, gallivanting around. Uh, and I was really meant to do some soul searching. And we got to the end of the trip and Nathan had to go back to work. And of course, I did not. Um, but I wasn't ready to go and face my life. I, I was still not ready to restart like quote unquote normal life again um so Nath left Madrid and went back to Australia and I went from there to Lombok Indonesia and basically cried for two weeks um yeah I I sat in my own discomfort of the life that I had created and how exhausted I was even after being on holidays for or traveling for two or three months um and just really had to go inwards to be like what decisions did I make that have has landed me here and what am I going to do about it? That's awesome. Other than... Uh, it wasn't awesome. It wasn't awesome at all. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> awesome that you ended up in Indonesia having a cry, the soul yeah. search. Like what, yeah. what sort of physical symptoms other than crying, feeling exhausted... Did you, did you, experience? Did you I, I was pretty evidence? overwhelmed, I think is like, I was having difficulties making decisions because I think it was one part that I was, um, you know, I had all the options available to me. Like, you know, when you, you end a big chapter, it's like, okay, now you really have to decide what you want to do next. And I think that was a little bit overwhelming. It was like, you know, if you ever go to a restaurant and they give you a menu, that's like 50 pages long, 
sometimes that could be a lot harder than being like, oh, here's the menu of eight things and just choose one of those eight and pick the one that really resonates. Like I, I, you know, I had the menu of 50 things and I was really overwhelmed by that. But yeah, I was, I was tired. I was exhausted. I was probably the heaviest I had been in a really long time. Um, I wasn't sleeping that well. Um, wasn't having the best sex that we, like my husband and I could have like all of the, um, I, I guess, normal things that you experience like headaches and my vision wasn't that great. Like I was wearing my glasses more than I had historically, like just the, the top to toe of symptoms that you could, you would expect of someone who had been burning the candle at both ends for four years. Mm. So then in Indonesia, did a bit of soul searching. Thailand, sorry. Um, no, yeah, no, yeah, Indonesia. Was it, was it Lombok. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Lombok. Yeah. Where's Lombok? Oh, it's like, like a small little island, a few hours boat ride from uh, Bali. Ah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. One. I was thinking Bangkok. <laughs> close. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the scheme of the world, Southeast Asia, it was close <laughs> to that. So what did you discover about yourself? If you think about the deeper root cause as to why you got into a state of body burnout, burning the candle at both ends for four years. What was, what was the deeper root behind all of that? Yeah, I, I had neglected a lot of the other areas of my life. I had gone all in on my career and my personal and professional development at the cost of almost everything else. Like, and in a lot of ways, although the pursuit of growth had been about building a better relationship with myself, it had actually cost me that. Like, one of the things that I did while I, between crying sessions in Lombok was that I went out on um, on the water and I hired a wakeboard and went and wakeboard for a couple of hours. And after that, I just felt so incredible having like used my body in that way, being on the water, in the sun, doing something that is from my childhood and something that I really love to do. And I came back and um, I was just sitting and reflecting about how amazing that I felt And when was the last time I did that? And it was no surprise more than four years ago. Mm -hmm. And that I really just sat with that and I was like, okay, well, what else in my life do I really love doing that I'm not doing that I haven't been prioritizing? And I think I just found myself in this like headspace of everything I needed, everything that I was doing needed to be some sort of productive. There needed to be an outcome. There needed to be a result. Um, And that had meant that things that I really loved doing like baking just turned into me buying the cake not baking the cake um which is not why I you know that's I wasn't looking for the outcome I was looking for following the process and the creative outlet and all of those kind of things but yeah that realization that there's a lot of things in my life that I really love doing that I haven't done for a long time um and I've created this life and lifestyle where they aren't embedded as things that I do often Um, And I really couldn't remember the last time I'd taken myself out for a coffee, not like a grab, a takeaway and run and between things, but like to really mindfully sit, you know, either with a book or with a journal or with nothing, no stimulus at a a coffee shop or a cafe and just be there like Mm -hmm. with myself. And that was really, really confronting. Um, and that's you know a big part of how my husband and I have ended up with the Date Forever podcast and we chat with couples and experts like the two of you who have found tips and tricks to keep their relationship with themselves and their chosen per- person fueled up. Um, so I made a commitment to start dating myself again. 
I love that. That's, That's so really cool. cool. Did you bounce back pretty quickly after that realisation and then prioritising yourself and things that you Gosh, loved? I would love to say yes. I, I would <laughs> love to say like it was so easy. But I think one of the things, and I mean you, you two are the experts in this, but I think one of the, the like social narratives like about burnout is like people say, oh, you just need to get some more sleep. You really mm. just need to get some more rest. Mm. And like that's really like the equivalent of parking a car that has no fuel in the garage for a week and then expecting it to drive perfectly when you pull it out. Like that's not actually like what that. you need. You really need to figure out how to put more fuel back in the tank and sitting alone resting is not always that. Um, but yeah, I had a couple more confronting kind of like uh, eye-opening experiences after that. So I came back to Australia. Um, my deadline was not a coming back to work, but it was to go to Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event. And I bought those tickets almost 12 months prior. Um, and it was um, probably the first like fully immersive personal development event that my husband and Nathan and I had done to, well, had committed to go to together. So that was my deadline. So that was pretty, um, uh, it was pretty full on to go in and know that I'd already had sort of had this realization, but then to dig around in there a bit more about some of the limiting beliefs and things that I really needed to move through. But I was at a, um, an event run by General Assembly, which is just like an, a small education company. And they run like these networking events. And the event was like about um, refining your pitch and like, how do you introduce yourself when you're in a networking event? You know, who are you? What do you do? Who do you help? And this woman that I got paired with was a workplace psychologist who specialized in PTSD. And she was running through her pitch about what she does and who she helps. And I was like, holy crap, that is, you're talking about me. That's what I've created for myself. I have this workplace experience that's now almost a year ago that I really haven't addressed. Like I addressed some of it um, in terms of like my lifestyle, but I haven't actually really owned my part of that um so it was it was layers of um rebuilding what I needed to to look at introspectively to heal um it wasn't just about rest and ta-da I was better like I, I wish I could like I can't even really point to the line in the sand of like that was that was when I came full circle. There really wasn't one. It was just so gradual bit by bit, um, looking under the hood and healing one thing at a time. Which I think is so important too, because a lot of people, when they first start trying to address their health issues, their burnout, it's like expecting a magic pill. If I do this, I'm going to feel better in mm -hmm. a month. And actually with the, the health forms that we get new clients to fill in, there's a question around how long do you think that this will take in order to get the results mm. that you want. And once I've had someone say days, it's like, yeah. hang on, <laughs> when you've had these symptoms and this condition for 10 years, it's not going to flip around really quickly for most people. Yeah. Um, I think the decision can change really quickly, right? Like the, the commitment, like I'm committed to this transformation. I think that can happen really quickly, but mm. the actual undoing of, what likely is years that took me to get to that place I had I was yeah I don't think I was unrealistic that it was going to be um instant yeah I think I had some awareness but it was it was definitely a, over a year of um actively working on it after I'd ignored it for almost a year mm. I actually feel like a year is a pretty pretty standard 
to yeah. And when you're doing deep healing as well. So did you do any did you do anything around like lab testing, supplements, diet or or it was more working on deeper so I, unconscious Yeah, I stuff. had done I had done that sort of stuff previously, but um one of the big things like I mentioned, like I was having headaches, but I was having migraines, not just headaches, but like migraines. And that had been something that had been reoccurring in my life for a long time. And I'm pretty grateful to say, like, you know, I'm four or five years on now and I I can't remember the last migraine that I had. Mm -hmm. But that was probably the thing that I went the most science-based route. It was like let me see the neurologist, let me get the CAT scans, let me get the things. And ironically, none of those things helped no, like none of those things led me to an answer um it was actually a naturopath who helped me um work through through that part um but yeah so there was parts where I definitely um sought like western medicine to figure out like what was going on um but I think I think and, and maybe it's only because I could see it in hindsight I probably didn't know this in the moment but so much of it was about well what you know, why did I overwork the way that I was overworking? What was I trying to prove and to who? Like, what was I doing there? Um, so I think a lot more of that was far more healing than um, taking the supplements or the pills or the, you know, um, not to say that those things don't have merit because, like I said, one of the things that has helped me get migraine free was some recommendations that a naturopath made and it, it literally changed my life from having quite regular migraines to almost none. Mm. Mm. So what did you discover then, like around why? why? Why were you behaving this way? Like what were the deeper beliefs, the programming, the events in the past that led to that point? Yeah, I definitely think that I was trying to prove something. Like I was trying to prove that I was worthy of that big job that I'd uh, like somehow found myself into. Um, because I hadn't really, that hadn't been my career path. That wasn't the direction I was looking to go. And I think not ended up there by accident. I definitely made conscious choices and decisions, but I was very much trying to prove that I was worthy of that role, that I could do that role, that I could overperform in that role, um, that I could make really um, big changes um, to teams and culture and um, the business overall that I was working with. Um, yeah, so I think there was a, the underlying part more than anything was like about worthiness. Mm, yep. Huge, 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 huge. Okay. So you have created a life that is a fueled up life. Yeah. Is, your, is what you've created. So and not by default, but by design. So can you talk to us a bit about this? Cause is this what and, and how you help others do that. You mentioned that there's eight different tanks that you use to fill up your life. I'd love to like break yeah. all those down. So one of the things that I did on return from Lombok was start to get a bit more curious about like, okay, I went all in in this one area of my life. What are the other areas? What, what are the other things that regularly need fuel that I wasn't adding fuel to? Um, so Nathan and I had already sort of had like a, a planning um, practice where every year we take um, one or two days and what we now call is our annual game plan day. Um, we, make a, we make a plan. We make a game plan for the year to follow. But we went back through some of the notes and looked at what were the reoccurring themes of, you know, what are the different areas of my life and our shared life that if they go unneglected if they go overlooked like they will 
run out they will hit empty um so we've identified eight of them and we've spoken to so many couples and experts um about these different areas of life and they they resonate for for most people um so the first one is self it's my relationship with myself sets the tone for every other relationship that I have um it's my romantic relationship and just that love is the best thing that I do or that we do and it isn't passive. It, it, we do it. It's a, it's a doing word. It's a doing thing. Um, the next one is, uh, the third one is the my relationships and network. So recognizing that um, if I want to go far, I want to go with uh, others. And who are those others? And who are the deep connections that I, I want and need in my life for it to be truly fueled up? Um, it's my humming household. It's that my my home <laughs> how it feels is way more important than how it looks like do I have good systems in place that make that household hum with ease and it's not sucking the time and energy away from like what are the truly like the bigger problems that I could be solving mm-hmm. um so it's about career and business and recognizing that opportunities don't just happen and that I, I create them um and then wealth and lifestyle so um yes I might be um creating the money that I, I want to attract and bring in but do I have the lifestyle that matches that um, so be about being really conscious about what lifestyle am I trying to design if I have a perfect week if I have a perfect month if I have a perfect quarter what does that actually look like how much time am I spending surfing how much time am I spending um, with my social network and with my connections how much time am I spending working on my business not in my business how much downtime am I having how many holidays am I having like truly unplugged um, and then the world so what what unique skills and gifts am I contributing to the world and a solution that's bigger than myself um, so for me, I'm really passionate about the United Nations Global Goals and in particular um, education, because I believe that education is one of the fastest ways that we can bring uh, people and communities and countries up and above that poverty line. So what am I doing to keep that that contribution tank or the, the world um, tank fueled up? And then the last one is the future and recognizing that future Sammy is actually current Sammy. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm making decisions now that are impacting my future and if I don't ever think about the future tank um it might look pretty bleak Mm. so those are the eight super intentional I'm like Mm. here thinking that is so organized (laughs) you you probably wouldn't have come up with those those categories if you hadn't hit the wall Mm. hey do do you think or maybe you would have but not as fast yeah and and definitely not in the way that I needed to like I, I'm actually now so incredibly grateful for that experience like you know those things uh, I think the quote is like you know those things that don't work out with for you really did work out for you mm. and and that's that's so true for this experience like I, I'm so grateful that I I ran as hard and as fast into that wall as I did and I also I was 30 like how freaking lucky am I that I figured that stuff out at 30, there's people that I know and that I've met who are much further along in life and still wrestling with some of those things and haven't had those real obstacle is the way breakthrough. So yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have come up with those eight or got so introspective about my life and what I needed and creating a framework for it where it's easy for me to think about which tank needs fuel. Mm. How do you, how, like, 
I'm kind of thinking from a practical point of view, do you have these visually somewhere? Like how do you, if you're feeling, or well, what are the signs first of all when you're just like, oh, is there anything that you're like, oh, a tank is going, like coming down? And yeah. then how do you pinpoint what tank it is? So Nathan and I do this monthly check-in together. It's a reoccurring like calendar invite, literally as practical as that in our shared Google calendar. Um, but we we do, we do this monthly, we check in and give it a rating. Sometimes we use out of five, sometimes we use out of 10. Um, but like how full is this tank? And um, some of them, obviously we share like our humming household. And some of it is about checking mine and Nate's alignment. Like, do we agree that our house has been a hellhole and has been really hard to manage? Or do we both feel like it's swimming along really well and it's happening with ease? Um, but for me, introspectively, like it's always curious, like if I um, show up that, oh, look, my relationship with myself is not feeling that great. And I look back at the last month and go, yeah, it's probably because you haven't taken yourself on a date. You haven't been as intentional with exercise or, you know, you're traveling and you made n- probably not the best choices for diet and sleep and uh, all of, you know, all of the like well-being fundamentals haven't meditated mm. um and it's just that invitation monthly to take a look which tank needs fuel and what are you going to do about it and that's mm. what I ask myself which tank needs fuel and what are you going to do about it that's cool the way you were talking about that too it didn't like I didn't hear any feelings of self-guilt self-shame it's like far out I'm <laughs> stuffed up again this month mm. oh you know it's just like it's just purely like oh we can fill the tank up anytime. Yeah. It's within my power, but also life also happens. So it's not going to be perfect all the time and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm super visual. So I like to think about these fuel tanks like the same way, you know, I don't, I love flying, but I'm definitely not a pilot. Right. But I, you know, when I imagine the cockpit of a plane, like there's little dashes and dials and gauges everywhere in that cockpit. And there's some of them that matter more than others. And there's some that can be off course longer than others. Um, and there's not an expectation that they're all perfect from take off to touch down. And that's kind of how I think about my life is like recognizing that not everything can be important all at the same time. If everything's important, then nothing's important. And I think this just gives me agency to go, look, do you know, I know that um, my relationship and network tank is feeling pretty low at the moment, Um, but actually I've got some really big career things happening. I've got some really big, um, you know, things happening in mine and Nate's marriage or whatever it might be. I've got some really big things happening in our home. Like I'm okay to let that relationship and network tank stay at half, um, you know, for this month, maybe even next month. And then the invitation is like, okay, now it's time to to address it. But what I've really found is that like when one or two or three of these tanks starts to get empty, it puts a real drain on everything else. Like mm-hmm. you, I'm, I know you, the burnout show, like people would know that when their relationship with themselves is at empty, it hurts every other tank, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, it's just not possible. You, it's like pouring into a leaky bucket. Like you That's can... Awesome do as much as you like. Um, but if that relationship with self is not in, in good stead, in good, um, health, it makes everything hard. And same, like in your marriage, if you're, if your romantic relationship is hurting, like it makes everything harder. Um, and maybe that's the same. I don't have kids, but I imagine true, like for your relationship and network, like your relationships with your kids, if they're a tension point in your life and that tank is feeling really empty, 
there's no way that that doesn't impact your career or your business or your wealth or your lifestyle or your contribution to the world. Mm. That's gold. Can we dig in a bit more around the relationship with yourself? Sets the tone for every other relationship but then everything else in your life as well, like health, career, business, finances. Yeah, so, I mean, that I think that was one of the greatest realisations that I had um, coming away from Lombok and going like, hey, look, here's this thing that you haven't done for five years that lights your soul on fire. Like you just feel incredible when you do this thing. You haven't done it for five years. Um, And I just recognise like there's so many opportunities for me to take care of my relationship with myself every single day. It's not like an occasional practice. I'm not talking about like going on a coffee date with myself once a month and like tick, that box is done. Like it's a, a, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's like cyclical. It's like there's, I'm always somewhere in that cycle, in that relationship with myself. Um, But I think there's like lifestyle decisions that I've made now that make it not only something that I like have to do, but something that I like really want to do and love doing, you know, Um, for me, like topping up my relationship with myself is like carving out time and making time for that active reflection or journaling, walking on the beach barefoot, surfing, because there's no technology in arm's reach at all, Um, you know, getting into nature, but then also like being intentional about my, my growth, like whether or not that's working with coaches or listening to podcasts like yours um, or reading books. Like those are, for me, those are things that really add fuel to that tank. Um, I don't know if I've answered the question. Yeah, yeah, you have. I think that was a big, I was like a, a couple of maybe a year or two ago, but <laughs> our listeners know that I talk about this quite a lot, but Chris was the most annoying person on earth. <laughs> and it and actually, you married him. <laughs> and I, well, he wasn't when I got married. I was like, oh, you're actually really oh, okay. cool. <laughs> and it got to a point, and I think this encapsulates exactly what you're saying here, that like year by year he just got more and more and more annoying. <laughs> I, had, I, I had time to practice. But, but when I started actually looking introspectively at myself and not at him, it was all coming from me and in a, yeah. a broken relationship with myself. So then therefore I was triggered by a lot of things that he would say Um. And even this morning, actually, I was writing back an email to one of our clients and it was kind of around parenting. She's like, yeah, like the biggest stress at the moment is my children or my child and the Mm -hmm. family dynamics. And and I reflected then this morning too that, that when I started really loving myself and reprogramming those beliefs and supporting my nervous system, And also knowing that, you know what, not the perfect parent, don't ever want to be because that's exhausting trying to be Mm. that person. But then when you have that love for yourself and the permission to be yourself, then, for example, parenting is a lot easier. Yeah. Because then the the children, like I was personalising my children as direct reflections of myself so if they misbehaved if they were not well if they were ratty then yeah they were annoying like from a surface level it was like oh uh-huh. you're so annoying you're like oh you're so frustrating why can't you behave well but the frustration was why bad. can't you do exactly what I want and meet my expectations a hundred percent of the time yes yes <laughs> why yes. can't you do that human that I Come love on. <laughs> but and 
yeah, so it was all of that, but it was the the deeper um it was that the deeper reflection or the personalization was that well, mm. if they're not perfect, then therefore I am not perfect, yeah, and so so the frustration with them was really just a frustration with myself, yeah, I, I do you know as you've asked that question about like how do I tell when my relationship with myself is off, and I was like, oh, I you know I have a rhythm where I check in with myself, mm. but I also know that if I'm struggling to get dressed, if I am having a hard time pulling clothes out of the wardrobe that I feel good in, that's a key indicator for me. Hold on. This should not be hard. You you know what you like. You know what feels good on your body. Mm. If that's out of step, that's a pretty key indicator. Like that's an early detection sign that something about my relationship with myself is is not right because those those are decisions that I make every day. Some, it's impacting the way that I show up in the world. So that's probably an early detection sign. Another mm-hmm. is like how I respond to minor inconveniences. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm talking like minor, minor inconveniences, like dropping my keys as I walk up the stairs with my dog or, you know, running out of poop bags while I'm out with my dog. Like I'm resourceful. I can solve that problem. But if that really gets under my gears, like that's probably an indication that my self tank is running pretty low and I'm not in a very resourceful state um and same like you could really like the way that you're responding to your most annoying husband ever um it probably had nothing to do with him right pretty much not yeah and everything to do with you and the beautiful state you weren't living in (laughs) but yeah I I resonate too with the minor inconveniences where it's just like Mm. where it's like hang on last week that was not an issue I didn't care that yeah I didn't care how I was able to navigate that (laughs) yeah That's really interesting. Uh, So sometimes we get caught up in expectations and perfection and things like that. I'm I'm thinking about the dog, dog, dog poo thing. (laughs) Um, You know, yeah, resourcefulness that really comes into it because it could be very stressful. The other day, I had to pick up after my dog, and there was I, I had no bag. And I had to mm. use leaves instead. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that could be really stressful if I had this expectation, oh, it needs to be perfect, it needs to be all this way. But, mm-hmm. you know, metaphorically. Get poo in my hands and I'm literally carrying shit in my hand. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Okay. And metaphorically, like how much crap do we have to shift and we, we have these, these per- perfect expectations of the way it should be done and then we get stuck mm-hmm. up, should creak, right? And, and we... Mm-hmm. It just leads to a stress that's that we put on ourselves, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely something that I've learned is like that resentment comes from unmet expectations. Mm. And sometimes those expectations haven't been communicated and they can be expectations that you're holding like for yourself. Like, oh, I'm really annoyed with myself because I didn't meet my own expectation that I set, like that mm. infinity loop thing. Um yeah, but I think that's really reflective of like how resourceful I am is very much linked to how how nourished and full my relationship with myself is. Um, and I don't, you know, not all of that is an inside job. Sometimes I need help. Sometimes I need a coach. Yeah, totally. Sometimes I need someone else to hold the mirror and ask the questions. Like, and I don't think any of us should go at this thing alone, like oh. ever really. <laughs> well, I don't think we were ever taught how to do it. Yeah. And so coaches are invaluable because unless you had parents going like back in our generation when our parents were parents there was 
and I don't mean this meanly, but the emotional intelligence wasn't really there because they weren't taught it either. Yeah. And so how the heck can you learn to love yourself when we were just given, like I'm thinking about my upbringing, loving parents. Like I always knew that Mm. I was loved by them, always had everything that I needed, um, like especially from a physical point of view. But there were things that were missing that my little child wanted or needed probably didn't even realise that I wanted or needed or that it was missing until you become an adult running child patterns and then it's like mm-hmm. far out. I didn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then now how do I navigate this? <laughs> 100%. Hey, it's like, I mean, we're all in that. If you listen to this podcast, you're clearly into personal development, right? There's something in your life that you want to be better and you've gone about finding a free resource to help you do that. Yeah. So snaps for you listening. Um, but yeah, I think that's all of it, isn't it? It's like, what have I learned? What belief have I got that is not serving me? Where did, and where did that come from? And what would be a better belief? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for our listeners out there currently struggling with body burnout, what would you suggest? Because we talked about the eight fuel tanks. Mm-hmm. Maybe there will be something else that you suggest that's beyond that. Yeah. But what would you be would what would you suggest are the first steps to moving towards healing, developing a deep relationship with yourself, creating a life yeah. by design? I know there's quite a few questions there, but what would be the first step? That's okay. Um, so I'm sure lots of people have done some sort of yoga and like at the end of a class, like you drop into Savasana and like dead body pose and you just lie there, right? And you can run a scan from toes to the tip of your head about, you know, how does this body part feel? How does this, you know, and identify like, actually, yeah, I might have a little bit of tension in like my left lat, but everything else actually feels amazing. And that's how I think about this eight fuel tank sort of diagnostic is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, when I take a moment to run a top to uh, toes to the tip of my head of my, my life of these eight different tanks, I might be really hung up on the one that's empty, but look at all these other stuff that I've actually got going on really well. Um, So step one, run a diagnostic because things might not be as uh, shit in the hands (laughs) as you maybe first thought. But I think one of the things I'm going to talk about the relationship itself is like the first thing, because I think that's probably the most common. And like I said, I think I, I believe that that's where everything starts. Um, but one of the things that I did was I, after recognizing, hey, I, I love wakeboarding. I haven't done that for five years. Why? Um, I got out a journal and started to write the list of a hundred like glimmers that bring me joy. And what are those things? And they're not all, they don't all require me to hire a boat and a board and have three, four hours free. Like some of them are about like trying new coffee beans or seeing the sunrise or walking on freshly cut grass or, you know, having a snuggle with my dog. Like those things like really bring me joy. Um, but to get really conscious about that. And I think that's a great exercise or an activity for anyone who's struggling with their relationship itself to just go inwards like you have the answers you really do you you know there's moments in your life where you felt joy or happiness or elation or whatever the feelings are that you want to cultivate now like you've had them in the past what was your recipe for success then what were the things that you were doing frequently uh, we're on a like audio medium but you can probably see there's a um b- big bunch of flowers behind me like that is probably one of the cheapest cheat codes to make me happy for an entire week like I will look at those 10 20 times a day and go 
gosh, that feels nice. I bought that for me. Like that was a gift from me to me, um, but that won't work for everyone. That's not going to be everybody's little glimmer, but I, I would encourage that you've probably got your own 100 and it will be unique to you. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Do you have anything else? Glimmers. I like it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's sparkly, right? Like, yeah. Ugh, yeah. like not life's not like a, it's not dull, is it? It's no. there's, there's glimmers everywhere. Sometimes you just need to stop staring into the darkness to realize, hey, you're actually surrounded by glimmer. You're you're mostly mm. glimmer. Yeah, that's something that I learned from Sean Aker, who wrote um, the Happiness Advantage, um, and I that was probably uh, I don't know, I probably read that book like maybe eight years ago. Um, and Nathan and I really started an intentional gratitude practice around this idea that what you you look for, what you train your brain, your reticular activating system to look for, you will see more of. And if you can get really conscious about like these glimmers that you see all day, like you start to notice more of them. Mm. Um, and then that's the lens mm-hmm. that you look at this world through. So if Philly, that sounds like what you were doing with Chris is like readjusting the the lenses that you were looking at him through. Yeah. He didn't change, you changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we talk about this a bit too, um, but any second there's 2 million bits of information, but we only take in about five to, five to nine chunks, which is crazy. Yeah. So when you were just talking about, oh, if you start focusing on the glimmers, it's not that they magically appear, they're already mm-hmm. there. It's just that you, your neural just pathways noticing. are currently looking for certain things and then doing that intentional shift. There's so much goodness. <laughs> yeah, and you can start to piggyback them too. Like, So one of mine that I started actually during COVID was like because I was going to the fridge however many times a day while at home was like to open the fridge and be like, oh, I'm so grateful. Look at all this beautiful nourishing food that I have access to. Like and now I that's a regular thought that I have. Mm, it's like awesome. I'm so grateful for all of this incredible nourishing fruit, veg, tasty things that I love to eat and I I've programmed that to myself yeah so cool beautiful glimmer beautiful glimmer Mm -hmm. okay another glimmer is your podcast so you mentioned before you have your date forever podcast which I think we were on there back in 2021 yeah it was a while ago yeah so if anyone wants to come and hear Chris and Philly's love story it's a pretty good one (laughs) I'll pop it in the links below whirlwind um but I'll also put your podcast in the link below and your website your social so that if anyone else wants to learn more about you get some more goodness from Sammy all the links will be below there but can you just tell us a bit more about the podcast how listeners can find it and you and anything else that would be valuable Yeah, absolutely. So Date Forever, we've had the show for about three and a half years. So well over 150 episodes there, chatting with couples and experts about the tips and tricks they found to keep a relationship fueled up. So it's a really nice balance of like the theory, like this is what should work from a researcher or from a sleep expert or whatever. And then from a a real life couple who are like, this is what works for us. And it's been really interesting to see the things that work for some couples absolutely doesn't work for others. Yeah. There's some pillars of um, good relationship health for sure, but the nuances um, are really interesting. So we love hosting the show, um, but it's all about cultivating a really good relationship with yourself and your chosen person that you're doing life with. Um, so you can get it wherever you, you're listening to this podcast, wherever you like to get your podcasts. Um, it's called Date Forever. And I, yeah, I co-host with my husband, Nathan. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much Excellent. for coming on to the show. It's been awesome. It's actually been really refreshing. And I'm keen to find some more glimmers in my life right now. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and if anyone just wants to connect or you want to talk about a concept or see my list of 100 things that bring me joy, just slide into my DMs. I'm, I love chatting with people. And you, my home on the internet is sammyyeager.com. Um, but you'll find me on Instagram. That's probably my platform of choice as Sammy somewhere. Sammy with an I. Love it. So good. Thanks, Sammy. It's been awesome. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch up with you next time. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our Ending Body Burnout Assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one -on -one Ending Body Burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have, Have the, the best, best day, day ever. ever. <laughs>